Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday sermon series, Branded. We've all been branded by others based on certain attributes about us. Many times we're marked or labeled according to our past self. It's often negative and places us in a box. But ultimately, we're not who people say we are. We are who God says we are. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at Again, we hope you enjoy this message. But anyway, we're going to talk this morning. Uh, we're on a new series called um, Branded. And what we're dealing with today is what we want to start off is with the ideal that um, a lot of us, we understand what branded is. In other words, you've heard of different brands. You've probably heard of, uh, obviously, Amazon is a house of brands. Uh, you probably are wearing something today because it has a brand name. You may have a car out there because of that certain brand. There may be some household goods in your house because of that brand. But my prayer this morning, and I really feel a burden in what I'm going to minister today, I pray that supernaturally that the Lord would uh, do a work in your life today. In other words, because when we talk about branded, we're always talking about past tense. We're always talking about something in the past, describing somebody or something that's been done in the past, and it's done with products all the time. Of course, uh, uh, people buy a certain product because it's a certain brand. We've also have heard the word brand used when it comes to livestock. Uh, many people that own animals, uh, especially in the farming industry, they brand their animals with an insignia indicating that they own that animal. Uh, a lot of us have heard of iron or hot iron branding. They also have uh, microchip branding. They have tattoo brand branding under the ear and all these different things that they brand their livestock in. But when it comes to being branded or labeled as people, there's always some kind of a phrase that describes you in a particular way, and it's usually in a restrictive manner. In other words, when they begin to brand you with a certain name, it's usually with a negative tone. And whether or not, uh, you know, however long you've been here, you understand that labels and brands are powerful. They're very powerful. And what I hope to communicate is that we're not what people say we are. We are who God says we are. I said we're not what people say we are. We are who God says we are. Now, maybe you've been fortunate enough to have a brand or a label that's been positive about you. Maybe someone branded you as a good worker. Maybe somebody branded you as successful. Maybe somebody branded you as courageous and, and all of these things. But for most of us, we've carried brands in our lives for far too long that are not positive. In other words, somebody put a name on you. They put a phrase on you that is not positive, whether it's failure, whether it's inadequate. And we've had that label or that brand put on us by somebody. Sometimes even as a, as a husband or a wife, we feel inadequate. We don't feel like a good husband. We don't feel like a good wife. Or maybe you don't feel like a good mother or a good father. And so that brand gets into you. And, and let me just say this to you. If we wear the label too long, it stops describing your past and it begins to determine your future. Listen to me. That's what happens with labels and brands. It stops describing your past and it begins to determine your future. And so they did a, they did a study. They did a research 
with some students, young students, and what they found was when you branded or labeled students as slow learners, they begin to, it began to stick with them. Basically, they got an environment, same environment, same teacher, same subjects, but only part of the class was branded as slow learners. And those that were labeled and they understood that they were labeled as slow or branded as slow, they began to do not so great. The other part of the class that was branded or labeled as advanced or gifted, that part of the student body began to do better. Because labels and branding is powerful. What people call us, the phrase that follow us is a very, very powerful thing. You could be branded as weak, maybe because your relationships in the past, or maybe something that you did in school, whatever it may be. And what, what, what happened is the longer you wear them, the more, the less it describes your past and the more they determine the future. But the good news is, how many want to hear the good news? Is that today God wants to help you overcome all of your past brands, all of your past labels by the power of God. And I believe that. See, we're, we are all products of our past. But we don't need to be prisoners of our past. You got here because there's things in your past and there's things that you have come, gone through. You're a product of your past, but you don't have to be a prisoner of your past. And so for the next month, the next few weeks, we want to cover lots of different things concerning being branded. We're going to talk about uh, people maybe you felt like, uh, or maybe it's happened in your life where you were hurt, where you were betrayed, or someone did you wrong, and you got this resentment branded in your heart. You got this unforgiveness branded in your heart. And so we're going to talk about the power of forgiveness. Because many times we believe God's forgiven us, but we haven't forgiven ourselves. We're also going to talk about past failures and past mistakes. How many have had some failures in your life? How many of you have made some mistakes in your life? All of us have. And we're going to talk about how those mistakes and failures can mark us and brand us. But we're going to talk about how God can take your failures and mistakes and make them into triumphs. Can you say amen? And so if you're looking for a title, I just came up with one, Breaking the Branding That's Binding. Breaking the branding that's binding. Because these brands and these labels can begin to bind your life for a lifetime. They can begin to characterize you. It can begin to characterize who you are. And they follow you. And if we're not careful this morning, we begin to believe this lie. We begin to believe the lie that has been told about us, and we begin to live under this label or under this brand that is not healthy for us. So I want to talk about how to overcome those things. So just to get started, we're going to have a little fun. Is that all right? And I need you to kind of get involved with me today. And so I'm going to talk about some well-known people or characters that have a label attached to their name. And you're going to kind of fill in the blank not as complicated as you think it is, okay? So I'm going to say a name, and there's some, something that's related to that name that's going to just come to your mind this, this quickly. Watch, you watch and see, okay? So I'm going to say a name, and then you tell me what the characteristic or what the label that followed that name. Mickey? There you go. Billy the? 
All right, the kids, some of you older people know that. Conan the Barbarian. Peeping. There you go. Murphy's. Magic. Curious. Winnie the. There you go. See, just for the three of you, three year olds, I want them to participate too. So, all of them, I see. We, so, we were able, just by me saying the name, you were able to describe the phrase or the brand or the label that's connected to that name. And see how easily all of you were able to say that? Once I said the, the name Mickey, you said Mouse. Once I said the name Peeping, you said Tom. Poor Tom, man. And, you know, all these different guys, you know, they got these labels that are connected to them uh, because of the phrase that had been said or the brand that's been put on them. And, and believe it or not, there have been negative brands and negative labels. Let me ask you a question. What negative brand or negative label follows your name? When they mention your name, what follows your name? And we can always say, I can say some names in history that all of, all, of, all of a sudden in your mind, you say darkness. If I say Hitler, you're not thinking bright, sunny day. See, if I say Judas Iscariot, you're saying betrayer. See, all of these, if I say Dennis Rodman, you're not saying great basketball player. You're saying dummy. Anyway, uh, so what if someone, maybe some people in here, maybe someone in here, You've been called doormat. You've been called pushover. And the reason why they call you that is because you're overly nice with people. And they take advantage of you. And so people call you a pushover. Or maybe you've been called lazy or bump on the log. Uh, because, you know, you're, you're, you don't move as quick. Or maybe someone's called you hothead because you're always getting angry. Or maybe someone called you party girl and or wild guy, or whatever, and you're not never going to settle down, a wild and crazy guy. Anyway, some of you, that goes way back. Maybe someone calls you uh, an average person, you know. So I want you to take a moment with me. I'm going to read a scripture here, and I want you to take a moment with me to listen to God's word through the lens of the negative brand and labels that you picked up in your life and see how God can set you free from those things. Because God's power is always bigger than your past. Did you hear me? God's truth is always bigger than what they're saying about you today. In fact, let me just be honest. Some of you truthfully may deserve that label or that brand that's put on you. Maybe you did some things that deserve that. And let me just tell you this. Uh, that may be true about you today, but it doesn't have to be true about you tomorrow. Did you hear me? It may be true about you today, but it doesn't have to be true about you tomorrow. And I believe God is going to take what, is no, what it is and make it no longer. He's going to change it around. God's going to give you a new perspective. He's going to give you a God-centered view. He's going to allow you today, as I read through the Word of God, to look at your life differently than what you've been branded with or what the world has labeled on you or said about you. And so I want to read this scripture out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. A lot of us have read the scripture before, but I'm going to read it to you. It says that anyone who belongs to Christ. Now that's talking about anyone. Doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, where you come from, how bad your past is, or how true the brand or label is about you. It says anyone who belongs to Christ have become a new person. So if you repented of your sins, 
you've submitted to the Lordship of Christ, you become a new person. Thank God. The old life is gone. Say gone. gone. Done away with. Vanish. Vamush. Vilch. Gone. Am I right? The old life is gone. And what? A new life has begun. I said a new life has begun. So God wants you to get a God-centered view of yourself. Stop looking at yourself through these old brands and through these old labels because I'm telling you, it'll keep you stuck in the past. So number one, if you're taking notes, if you want to know how to break the brand, let God give you a new name. I believe today that God does give you a new name. In fact, throughout Scripture, when people had an encounter with God, God gave them a new name. And let me just read this scripture out of Isaiah chapter 62, verse 2. And actually, before I read that, let me just pray and ask the Lord to help us this morning as we get into that, this message. You may say, uh, aren't you already started preaching? No, that was just the introduction for you guys. So I'm going to pray. I'm not going to keep you here long. But I'm going to pray. I know that your backside uh, is only good enough. Uh, uh, it, your, your brain is only good enough as your backside is, all right? So I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to help us. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, that you have not given us these old brands and these old labels. God, that you've given us something new, God, that you're branding us with something new, a new name in our heart, a new name in our soul. God, help us to be open to the word of God. Remove all of these distractions and old labels. God, help us to focus on you for the next few minutes. I pray for the anointing of God as I declare the word to your people. And God, that they would hear the voice behind the voice. And Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. And the people said, Amen. Amen. And so the Bible says, Isaiah chapter 62, verse 2, it says, You will be called by a new name. The mouth of the Lord will bestow it. In other words, the mouth of God will establish it. In other words, many of you have been held back by something you believe that others have called you. In other words, people have called you this, they have branded you with this, and, and many of us, uh, 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 we believe it and we're living by that, but God is saying, I want to bestow, I want to put on you a new name. Now, some of you girls might remember this. I've been told this, that when a girl and a guy begin to date for a little while, what the girl does is she gets uh, her, her first name, and then she puts her, his last name behind it to see how it's going to look. And then they put hug, kisses, and all that little stuff around it. You know what I'm talking about when you're dating. Of course, I've never seen this, but I'm sure my wife had a big poster. It was probably 10 feet by 10 feet with Letty Lopez with all kinds of hearts. I've never seen this, but in my mind I did. And hearts, five letters. Five, I mean, it must have been five and five, high five. It must have been something like that. She must have loved it, and I, I've never seen it. She's never confessed it, but God's going to get it out of her one day, and so that's how we do it. We, and, and so what you're doing is you're putting, you're putting a new name attached to your name. Can I tell you, God wants to replace your old labels, your old names uh, with a new name. Am I right? And he did that many times in scriptures, too many that I can't even count, too many that I can't even cover, but I'm just going to cover just a few. There was a couple by the name of Abram and Sarai. And the Bible said they were unable to have any children, and so they had this label of barrenness about them. And God said, you know what, I'm going to give you a new name 
because I'm giving you a new promise. And God says, you know what? You're going to have so many children, so many descendants, yet you're not going to be able to count them. They're going to be like the stars in the sky. They're going to be like the sand in the sea. So you thought you Latinos have a lot of kids. These Jewish people were on it. Let me just tell you right now, they're ahead of you. And so the Bible says that God establishes and gives them a new identity. And in Genesis 17, 5, you don't have to turn there, but he says, your name is no longer going to be Abram. And now Abram meant, it meant exalted father. Your name now is going to be father of multitudes. Your name is going to be Abraham. So he went from exalted father to a father of multitudes. And then he told Sarai, he said, your name is no longer going to be Sarai, which means princess. It's going to be named Sarah, which means mother of nations. And so now your name is Abraham and Sarah. You're the father and mother of many nations. That's the new name. So God constantly is giving new names. When people have an encounter with him, he changes their old name to a new name. In other words, you're not going to be branded by that old thing. I'm going to do something new in your life. How many believe that? God wants to do that in your, in your life. The Bible talks about a young man by the name of Jacob. And the word Jacob or the name Jacob means surplanter or one who works from behind or overthrows, one who reaches forward. Because the Bible says when Jacob was born, he was a twin, but his brother Esau was born first, and Jacob was holding his heel. Almost has to say, I want to come out first, but you beat me. But somewhere along the line, I'm going to overcome. And so that was the name Jacob. And then God said, I'm changing your name from Jacob, surplanter, to Israel, which means prevail a prince with the power of God. Can you say amen? amen? The second, the other name, I shouldn't say the second, but another name is the name of Gideon. In Judges chapter 6, the Bible says that God uh, uh, speaks by an angel, speaks to Gideon. Now, Gideon is kind of a scary cat. He's kind of a, a wimp. You know, he's hiding from the Midianites. He's been hiding in caves. He's threshing wheat in the wine press, hiding it from the enemy. And the Bible says that an angel of God shows up and says, Gideon, mighty man of warrior. Or mighty, yeah, mighty man. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Okay, mighty man of valor. I'm sorry. Did I, wait a minute, what did I write down here? Or mighty warrior, that's what it means, okay? Mighty man of valor or mighty warrior is what it means. So I, I begin to think about this because Gideon is basically just scared but God is calling him a mighty warrior which coincidentally that's what God calls me God's a mighty warrior why, why are you guys laughing you don't believe that do you have another label for me is that what it is I'm gonna believe God's label and God's brand Omar Lopez mighty man or mighty man or mighty warrior mighty I don't know it's in there I messed it up, but let's move on. God will give you a new name. So whatever they've labeled you in the past, whatever they put on you in the past, whether it's true or not, doesn't matter because God wants to put a new name on you. Not only that, God will help you grow into your new name. So a lot of us say, well, you know what? I, I believe in this new name, but man, I just feel like, man, I, I don't know if I can do it. Let me just say, for some of you, your new name is going to be forgiven. Because again, you believe 
God's forgiven you, but you haven't forgiven yourself. And so your new name is forgiven. Some of you, God wants to give you a new name of overcomer. Because you stumble and you fall. You stumble and fall over and over again. And God is saying to you, no longer are you going to be doing that anymore. You're going to grow into your new name. You're going to be an overcomer. Some of you today, you feel very inadequate as a mom. You don't measure up. And you say, you know what? No, I'm just not adequate. I'm not a good mom. And God is saying, you're a spiritual mother. In other words, I've got my hand on you. Don't listen to what people tell you. Am I right? Some of you, God wants to put on you spiritual leader. Because the world says you're not good enough. And God said, no, no, you're my spiritual leader. You're a mighty man of you're a mighty man of valor, right? That's right. Man, I'm gonna get that right by the time the service is over. God's going to give you a new name. Now, many of you again, you've been labeled by things in the past. Don't believe that because you gotta believe who God says you are. You've been answering to the wrong name. And I'm gonna quote the great Medea, and she said this, and I'm gonna try to do it in Medea's voice, so don't get offended, okay? No, I can't do it in her voice, but it kind of in her style. Honey, folks are going to talk about you till the day you die. Ain't nothing you can do. Let's folks talk. It ain't about what they call you. It's what you answer to. All right. I like that. All right. I'm just, you know, I'm just playing the part, okay? Somewhere, some millennium is going to be offended somehow. I don't know. But anyway, I'm playing around all right it's a joke anyway let's let's move on so when we think about this new name i'm thinking about david or king david that we know uh, we we know him as king david today but can i tell you that king david was not always known as king david in fact he was just known as the shepherd boy he was one that took care of his father's sheep he was not known as king david at all he was known as someone that took care of his father's sheep. We can read back in 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm not going to turn there, but I'm going to kind of paraphrase that chapter for you. You can go home and read it later. But in that chapter, the Bible says that God speaks to the prophet Samuel. And God tells him, I want you to go down to Jesse's house. And I want you to anoint one of his sons as the new king. The reason why God speaks to the prophet Samuel to do that is because the current king, who is King Saul, has been intoxicated with self. He's been intoxicated with arrogance. He's been doing his own thing and not obeying the word of God. And God speaks to Samuel and says, I want you now to go over and anoint this new king. And basically, I've rejected Saul. And now I have a new call and you have a new king. And the Bible says that, that, that Samuel is mourning over Saul. He's mourning the fact that God has rejected him, that he's crying and he's upset. And God asked him a question, asked Samuel a question, how long will you mourn over that which I've rejected? In other words, your tears will not change my mind about what is best for my people. He's telling Samuel, the prophet of God, stop mourning and reminiscing about the past that you're not going to revisit anyway. Some of us this morning, you're mourning and you're, uh, you're crying over the past that you're not supposed to go back to and revisit. Did you hear me? But you're crying about it because you're not willing to leave it. And so basically, this, uh, Samuel's upset 
But God tells them, I want you to go over to the house of Saul or the house of Jesse to anoint a new king. And so the Bible says Samuel goes down to Jesse's house and Jesse brings out his seven sons. I told you, I come from seven brothers, so there's seven sons. The first one comes out, his name is Eliab, to stand before Saul, and he walks before him. He's tall, he's handsome, he looks like a king, he walks like a king. And Samuel said, surely this must be the Lord's anointed. And God says, no. He goes, that's not him. And this is what God says to him. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at what? The heart. God is saying the criteria that I use is not the same criteria that the world uses. The criteria that I use for people that occupy roles in my kingdom is not the same criteria that I use. I don't use the outward. I, I use the inward. Can you say amen? And so Samuel, this prophet, uh, he's a little confused because uh, all of the sons uh, come before him and none of them are the next king. And he said, man, I'm sure that God told me to come to Jesse's house and anoint the next king. And all of his sons have come before me, and none of them are the king. And then he finally, Samuel tells Jesse, the father, he says, hey, are these all of your sons? And he said, well, no, not really. He said, there is one, you know, but he can't be the next king. I mean, he's just a shepherd boy. He's just taking care of sheep. There's one out there. Yeah, you know, you don't, you don't want me to call him. And Samuel said, call him. In fact, we're not going to sit down until he comes. And the Bible says, here's little David comes in, just a young boy. On the outside, you don't see kingly material, but on the inside, he is the king. And the Bible says he walks in. He's smelling like sheep. You know, he don't smell good. He doesn't look good. I'm sure his hair is all, you know, what is that? What do they call that? That mad hair, what do they call that? What is it? Some kind of hair? Forget that. Well, I don't know what they call that. Anyway, nap hair? Is it nap hair? Nappy, sleepy hair? I don't know what they call it. You guys ain't helping me. Any, forget it. Let's just move on. Doesn't look that great, okay? Now, as he comes before Samuel, Samuel has, if you read the scripture, has a ram horn. And the ram horn is, is empty because there's oil inside of it. He pours oil inside of it. And he's to pour this oil. As, as David walks in, he pours out this, this oil from this horn, and it begins to flow. Now, what I want you to catch is many commentators and many people that have read these scriptures and scholars have said that they speculated that Samuel, at first, the other, when the other sons had came, came by, he tried to pour that oil from that horn, but it wouldn't flow over each one. It wasn't until David came, again, this was speculation, that when David came, that the oil began to move. Indicating to you and I, some people may beat you there and get there before you, but God has something reserved for you that can't get in the way. Are you listening to me? 
There may be others that have gotten there before you. There may be others, friend, that got to the horn and the anointing before you, but it wasn't reserved for them. It was reserved for you. And, friend, if you feel you missed it, it wasn't yours to begin with because God has something for you. See, God called you to be the king. You'll be the king. Now, the Bible says that after he anoints David, now, could you imagine? I mean, David is sitting there and all of this. I mean, you're already dirty and then oil on top of the dirt. That's pretty bad, right? I mean, all that probably, you know, dirt stains coming down and he's just anointed there. And the Bible says after he anoints him to be king, Samuel leaves. And he's just sitting there. And I'm, if I'm David, I'm thinking to myself, um, is the chariot going to come and pick me up later and take me to the palace or... When the entourage coming? No, the Bible said, let me look at what it says in 1 Samuel 16, 13. So as David stood there among his brothers, Samuel took the flask of oil he had brought and anointed David with the oil. Then it says, and the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David from that day on. Then Samuel returned to Ramah. So the Bible says he anoints him. The power of God comes on him. I mean, there, there is an encounter. And then Samuel said, okay, bye. He leaves. So David's saying, hey, what, what happens next? Yeah, there it is. See, what happens many times is God gives us prophetic words. You've gotten words. People prayed over you. You've got, and those are wonderful things, and I believe in those things. But what happens is we're, we think that because that word was given to us right there, and then that now we, we're supposed to take action. Pastor, they call me to, I'm supposed to be the next missionary, so I'm ready to go to India tomorrow. No. You got the anointing. You got a new ability, but you have to keep your responsibility. Are you with me? Doesn't mean you, you, you vacate the responsibility God's already given you. Can I tell you something? David went on to take, take care of his father's sheep after that. He went back to taking care of his father's sheep. He went back to being a servant. Now, he's anointed the new king. He has this new ability. He has this new anointing. He's got this new call, this new name. But it ha he has not abandoned his responsibility. See, a lot of us this morning, we think, man, I, I've been called. God did this. That means I should be here. No, no. Fulfill your responsibility, and you'll grow into your call. You'll grow into that new name. Can you say Amen. And so the Bible says that later on, there's a battle that's going on. See, God wants to give you a new purpose. Write that down. When God gives you a new name, God gives you a new purpose. Now, if you remember, the Bible says that David now, he goes back to serving, going back to taking care of sheep. And the Bible says one day his father, Jesse, comes to David and he says, David, your brothers are out in battle. They were out fighting a battle. They were out in war. And he said, I want you to go take some supplies, and I want you to take some food to them and check up on them. It wasn't like the military today where they provide everything. If your boys went out to war, guess what? You brought them food. You got them equipment. The, the military didn't provide it. So back then, uh, David listens to his father. He, take, he takes the supplies his father has given him to take to his brothers, and while he's giving them supplies and giving them bread, the Bible said that the men of Israel begin to run and they're hiding. And he says, what's going on? They go, haven't you heard? There's a giant by the name of Goliath. And he's been coming out challenging us to fight. 
If somebody will fight him, if there's a warrior among us that will fight him, he's calling us out. How many have ever been called out by somebody? And I can imagine David, you know, have you ever been called out where somebody called you out and you go, what'd you say? <laughs> hold this. Hold, hold this. You, you know when you say hold this? Oh, it's on now. Now, you guys, you guys are saved up there, but there's something inside of you that, man, it just kind of comes up, doesn't it? I've been with some of you brothers. They go, hold, hold on, Pastor. What would what, you, what'd you say? You talking to me? What would you say? You talking to me? You know what I'm talking about? You know exactly what I'm talking about. So that's exactly what David said. He says, hold this. He said, what did he say? And he goes, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that will defile the armies of God? He never calls them a giant. He never calls them Goliath. He said, this is an uncircumcised Philistine. He goes, this Philistine is uncircumcised. You know why he said that? He said that because circumcision had to do with covenant. It was a symbol of covenant. And he was saying, this guy doesn't have a covenant with God. Are you listening to me? He was saying, this guy does not have a covenant with God. See, it's not what people say. It's what you say to yourself. And basically, they were saying to themselves, this is the giant. This guy's too big. And David was saying, no, no, it's not about size. He doesn't have covenant with God. Uh, he may have a spear, but he doesn't have a covenant with God. He may have a sword, but he doesn't have a covenant with God. He may have an armor, but he doesn't have a covenant with God. I have a covenant with God. God's my protector. God's my defender. I'm a child of God. I belong to God. See, God gave you a new name. And the Bible says, you know what? I'll take them on. Bring on that big boy. I'll take him on right now. In fact, before they, they go and tell Saul, and they go and tell King Saul, hey, David, this guy David's willing to fight. But I like what David does. Before he does that, he says, uh, what will be given to the man who wins this uncircumcised Philistine? And they go, oh, you know what? You get the king's daughter. Can I, can I get a pic of that? Can, can somebody show me some so I can see how she looks? You know, that may be a big thing there. And then... Then he goes, what else? He said, you'll be given all, all kinds of riches. He goes, oh, that's even better. Then he goes, to top it off, tax-free for the rest of your life. Oh, I'm in. I am in right there. Tax-free, that's all I need. Even if she doesn't look good, as long as it's tax-free. Amen. So anyway, he said, I'll take him on. I'll take him on. He goes to King Saul, and King Saul says, you know what? You don't really meet the criteria See, again, it's not, what, uh, it's not what other people say you are. It's what God says you are. Amen. And immediately, King Saul puts a, uh, uh, he puts a brand on him. He puts a label on him. And he tells them, you know what? You're just a boy. This guy's been a warrior since he was young. You're not able to win him. See, a lot of people are telling you, you're not able to live for God. You're not able to do this. You're no good. You don't have the ability. And all of a sudden, King Saul is telling David what he can't do. And David said, listen to me. I'm just going to let you know. I've been growing in this because I was out there taking care of my father's sheep. And one day a lion came and grabbed one of my sheep. And I took the sheep right out of his mouth. And I killed that lion with my bare hands. 
The next day, a, a bear came and took one of those sheep, and I got that bear, and with my bare hands, I killed the bear with my bare hands. Amen. He goes, I'll do the same to this uncircumcised Philistine, the same God that gave me victory over the lion and the bear will give me victory over this uncircumcised Philistine. <laughs> See, sometimes we don't realize that we have to grow into our new name. It's a process. Did you hear me? It's a process that God pushes through. It's a process that God wants to do in our heart. See, God is doing something in your heart today. You've got to let him take you into that new season in your life. How many want a new season? I mean, a lot of us this morning or this afternoon, we're here, we're thinking, man, 2019. Man, I, I, I want something fresh. I want something new. And I, I believe it can happen for you. I believe 2019 can happen for you. But you're going to have to see God in a different way. The Bible says that, when Peter tells Jesus, or Jesus asks him, who do they say that I am? Peter said, well, some say Elijah, and some say John the Baptist. And Jesus said, well, who do you say that I am? And he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, Matthew chapter 16, verse 17. And, then God, and Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by my father, but not revealed to you but my, by man, but my father in heaven revealed it to you. I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. So he tells Peter, hey, Peter, you know what? You know who I am now. Flesh and blood didn't reveal it. You got a revelation of who I am. He said, you know what? Your name is now Peter. Remember, they were calling him Simon. Your name is Peter, which means stone or small rock. He said, you know what? You're going to be this stone. You're going to be this small rock. And he's basically saying to him, you're going to be more than what people are telling you that you are. And flesh and blood didn't reveal it to you. But my father in heaven, he got a revelation of who God was. See, a lot of us this morning, we're serving God by our own human logic and our own reasoning, and that's not going to get you very far. You got to get to know God not by your reasoning, but by your revelation of who God is. Some of you know who God, what God does, but you don't know who God is. You know the deeds of God, you know the works of God, but you don't know the ways of God. When you know the ways of God, you know the heart of God. You have a relationship with God. I'm going to just be honest. There are many of you here, you, you, you're familiar with the works of God. When God's doing good things, you're like, whoo, I'm excited. You're posting on Facebook, God's good, I'm blessed, hallelujah, praise the Lord, all these different things. I'm the head and not the tail. Whoo, I'm excited, God's moving. But the moment things start shifting and the deeds aren't happening the way you want them to happen, oh, man, where's God? I'm all alone. Where's God in 2019? He's gone. Man, I need prayer. No, you just know the works of God. You don't know the ways of God. In fact, the Bible says that, that God said this about Moses in Psalm 103, verse 7. He made known his ways to Moses, but his acts to the people of Israel. 
So some of you may know the acts or the works of God, but we don't know the ways of God. A lot of people knew, the people of Israel knew, uh, they seen God part the Red Sea. They seen God uh, with the ten plague. They seen how they were infatuated with the miracle working God, but they didn't know him intimately. Did you hear me? Moses wasn't willing to settle for that. He said, I want to know your ways. In fact, in Exodus 33, verse 13, if you are pleased with me, teach me your ways. So I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember this, that this nation is your people. God, I just don't want to have head knowledge. I want to have heart knowledge. See, let me give you an example. You may cease... Have you ever seen these actors? You watch these actors, these action movies. You go, oh, man, they're awesome, these actors and all this stuff. Man, they could do all that. Of course, you don't realize that that's all acting. And then you meet them in real life, and you go, man, they're a bunch of jerks. They don't want to even give me an autograph. They ain't got time. They, they're just all mad and upset. Man, you've seen them in the movies. They're all happy. They're excited. They're this and that. And then you say, man, you know, they, man, they really look good, man. And now you realize you see them in person. You go, they don't, they don't have no makeup on and... Oh, my God, they look terrible. Man, they look a lot older than I've seen them on mo- in the movie. Because you saw the works. You don't know who they really are. Many of you are that way with God. You're infatuated with the works. But you don't really know who he is. This is why God is saying Moses knew the ways of God. See, you got to stop knowing God from human reasoning. And you got to start knowing God from revelation. I know his ways. I know who God is. I know what God's about. I know when things are going this way, it doesn't matter. God is still good. Can you say amen? Amen. God wants to give you a new name. God wants to get you past the old past. Can you say amen? And get you into the future. Come on, somebody say amen. I'm going to end with this. Entrances into new seasons must be preceded by exiting from old ones. Endings are not always evil, but endings are necessary. You cannot say hello to new things unless you're willing to say goodbye to old ones. A lot of us this morning, 2019, I said it earlier. How many are looking forward to 2019? Yeah, you're excited, but you're not willing to say goodbye to some old things. You cannot enter into a new entrance until you're willing to exit the old one. Some of you are in the middle. You haven't exited. You haven't entered. You're just stuck in the middle. I I read this quote. Let me just read it to you. The course and the quality of all of our lives is going to be greatly impacted by influence or influence and determined by what we're willing to leave. What are you willing to leave in order to go into a new season? What are we willing to exit in order to experience a newness and freshness with God. What are you willing to say goodbye to, to say hello to? There is the date that we can't afford to miss, that we can't afford to stand up, and that is the date with destiny. And see, God had the destiny for your life, but you got to be willing to say goodbye to some old things in order to say hello to some new things in your life. See, a lot of us this morning, we're not willing to give up control. We want control. Man, we're control freaks. Can I tell you something? You don't really have control. Control is an illusion. 
You can control how you drive on the street, but you can't control how others drive. Am I right? You can control how you interview for that job and how you prepare for that job, but you can't control what the interviewer decides whether to hire you or not. You can control how you bid for this house or you bid for an item, but you cannot control whether they accept that bid or not. Control is an illusion. You don't really have control at all. You just think you do. When you're willing to let go of control, when you're willing to let some things or leave some things behind, you can get to God's preferred future for your life. Because let me just tell you something. God has the preferred future for our life, but we have to be willing to say goodbye to some things rather than keep some things. Here's what the Bible says, Jeremiah 29, 11. God knows the plan that he has for us, plans not to harm us, plans to prosper us and give us a hope and what? A future. Therefore, if we're going to get to God's intended end, to God's intended desired destination, we've got to be willing to say goodbye to many things rather than keep them. we got to say goodbye to control and say, God, I'm willing to do what you call me to do. I'm willing to enter a new season in my life. I'm willing to take on a new, a new brand, a new label, a new thing in my heart. That means you're even willing to encounter some new problems. How many are tired of the same old problems? Because you're going in the same, you're doing the same old thing. If you're doing the same old thing, don't expect anything to change. If you haven't changed anything, if you haven't took on a new name, if you haven't exited an old thing, then nothing's going to change. 2019 is going to be a mirror of 2018. Until we're willing to say, God, you take control. I let it all go. I don't want that brand anymore. I don't want that phrase about me. I don't want that label. God, I want what you have for me. I want it today. I want us to bow our heads. Holy Spirit. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.